2: Good morning and welcome to Soundings, a public affairs presentation of iHeartMedia. Soundings is an ecumenical discussion of the scriptures and the issues facing us today. Mm-hmm. My name is Father Mark Shibish. I'm the pastor of St. Anthony of Padua Catholic Community on the west side of Grand Rapids, and two of our regulars are with us today. We'll let ladies Go first.
1: I'm Diane modish pitzer a minister in the Reformed Church in America, currently serving as program coordinator for religious studies at Grand Valley State University.
0: And I'm Mike Wernick. I have to take a deep breath. I am the rector of Holy Cross Episcopal Church, the pastor of Ascension Lutheran Church, and the priest in charge of Holy Trinity Episcopal Church in Wyoming. It's good, good to keep you busy. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, Keeps me out of trouble. So, do you
2: do masses? Or services at all three churches on the weekend?
0: Well, it's two locations, two church buildings, but three congregations. Holy Cross, Episcopal, and Ascension Lutheran worship together in what was Holy Cross's building before they came to be together.
2: Oh, so when you were two churches.
0: Two churches in one building.
2: You were that at Holy Cross.
0: Correct. Yeah, we've been worshiping. Holy Cross and Ascension have been worshiping together in the same building for about seven years now.
2: Right. And then you have Holy Trinity now added on,
0: as of September first.
2: Yeah, totally across town. But
0: oh, it's five miles, and on a Sunday morning, unfortunately, there's not much traffic because not everybody is out going to church.
1: <gasps> Can you believe it? No, they're sleeping
0: in, having Starbucks coffee and donuts. Oh.
1: yeah, it's very sad on the west side. Uh, our donut store is closed because of COVID. So, yeah.
2: Sandy's but they're, but they're not. Open Sandy's is
1: Sundays closed.
2: Anymore. Yeah, but they're not and open on the Sundays moment. anymore. anymore. But, no,
1: but for the speaking moment, speaking of COVID, Mark, what would you like to say to our radio people?
2: Well, a couple of weeks ago, I got my um, booster shot, my from Pfizer, and I got it on a Friday, the first day it was available. And on Saturday, I was achy and tired and just kind of didn't feel real good. But when I woke up on that Sunday morning, all of my long hauler disease uh, symptoms were gone.
0: It and is I
2: could, I Wonderful. Could t- I could taste, my fatigue was gone, and my chest pains were gone. And I didn't believe it. So I didn't tell anybody that weekend in church, and I didn't tell my family, and I didn't tell my doctor until Wednesday of that week and um because I thought I was imagining it or something like that. Did you pinch
0: yourself, Mark?
2: Um no, but you know what it what it started was that I didn't have on that Sunday morning I didn't have any chest pains, which was odd. And then I went and had my lemon water, which I drank regularly and I haven't been able to taste that for 18 months. And I took a slug of that and wow You know, it was lemony. And I said, wow. So that got me thinking. Now, we don't know if this is permanent. We don't know if it's temporary. We don't know if it's because this is a nouveau virus. And so we're waiting to see what happens. I had a few chest pains this last week, um, but that could have been a fluke. But it's nothing like it was. So I'm definitely on the right path.
1: So how many weeks has that been, two and a half weeks now?
2: It has been, I must have got my booster on the first. No, let's see, probably the week before that.
1: So it's been three weeks almost.
2: Yeah, I must have got it the last Friday of September.
1: Wow. Well, taste yeah. and see the goodness of the Lord. Holy kind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you had you, lo- had you lost your smell or had you not lost? No, I
2: had always i had always had got my smell back shortly after I um, had COVID, but I never had my taste back and I never, and I still had chest pains and I still had a lot of fatigue. And, you know, so I'm off of my regimen of pain pills for my chest. I haven't had to take those for three weeks. And um, wow. I also stopped taking my Parkinson's pill, which was helping with the fatigue during the day. And, um, so I Can see my still, doctor, I see my doctor this week.
1: Do you still need nap in the day or? or
2: no, no. no oh, wow. That's wonderful.
1: That I is know. incredible.
2: I know. I'm feeling really good, but we don't Thanks know if it just ran its course or if it was the booster or if it was prayer or what. I'm sure prayer, there were the a
1: lot of people praying all for I you. know, All the above. I Yeah, but it is, on the other hand, as we were saying before the show has begun, it's no time to let up. It is all around us, even with people who are vaccinated. So we keep vigilant, not only for ourselves, but for our neighbors.
2: Amen. And And hopefully those people that are vaccinated that get COVID don't get it as bad as the unvaccinated do. Because I'm hearing some people say, well, see, I didn't get vaccinated, and now vaccinated people are getting COVID. So I'm, I'm, I, I'm, affirmed that I didn't get it. The vaccination, and I say, no, that's not a good reason. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: all righty. Well, well today- here we
2: are, at the, in the middle of October. We're, this Sunday, as this is playing, we're going to be having trunk or treat at our parish because it's COVID-friendly. And we have about thirty cars. Um, Going to decorate trunks so the kids can walk car to car and get their Halloween treats in a safe, COVID-friendly way.
0: Thank you for doing that.
2: Thank yes, you. yeah. We wanted we want to be able to to do what's right for the kids and the parents. So yeah,
1: Halloween falls on Sunday this year, which is super weird.
2: It does it does you
1: know I, I say that and why wouldn't it fall on sunday but it doesn't seem like it must
2: but a lot of it doesn't communities, it doesn't. a lot of communities are moving their celebration to saturday night
0: yeah i don't think grand rapids or walker are i don't know about kentwood um sunday is also reformation sunday the 31st oh so there's going to well, be a lot well of devils that. around yeah, well of course <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't bring it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you, you followed right but, along, didn't you? But
2: you're not you're not part of the Protestant Reformation. Episcopalians. Well, oh, your Lutheran
0: side is. My Lutheran side is. My, my Lutheran. The
2: Episcopalian side is not.
0: No, so for the Episcopalian, for the for the Episcopalians, we celebrate Martin uh, Thomas Cranmer Day.
2: Uh, and Diane, does your church have a big celebration on um Reformation Sunday?
1: we it's always a day we fully acknowledge uh yeah i don't know that, <laughs> don't know that we have any big celebrations of anything and, right now
2: i think and to
0: be politically correct we don't use the word celebration we use the word commemoration yeah. oh because we're not celebrating that the, the split occurred
1: Right, well, and in well, the Reformed Church, we are in the middle of yet another split, so we are definitely not. We're joyful that the Spirit of God continues to move in many, many
2: ways. When's your next meeting? Your next it, it,
1: it happened. It's
2: it's happened. Oh, and, and what happened?
1: And those who intended to leave will leave, and the remain the remnant will. Um, there will be a bit of reorganization in terms of adjudicatories uh, and how that functions.
2: So, are you still reformed?
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. And what's
2: the, what's the new group going to be called?
1: Uh, I think they there. It's there are two because the two couldn't agree either, and uh, one is ARC, which I believe is Association or Affiliation of Reformed Churches, and the other one is even smaller. And I'm blanking on what their name is, right? The kingdom community or something. I don't know. So anyway, but so we're, we're, doing have, we're, gracious, have, we're doing so we're it gracious. We're
2: doing it graciously. Christian Reformed.
1: Protestant reformed, Dutch
2: Reformed, American Protestant.
1: Reformed. <laughs> and now affiliation of reform. Yeah. Yeah, the Reformation, as I, you know, what I say to my students all the time is Protestant comes from the word protesters. So our history is one of protesting what is and trying to move forward faithfully, whether we all see it similarly or not. So,
0: And what's so remarkable about that is that Martin Luther did not intend to create no. a new denomination and Jesus Absolutely. did not intend to create a new religion. He just wanted the Jewish synagogue to reform.
2: I remember several of my professors in seminary said, if, Lu- if Luther hadn't been so hard-headed and if the Pope hadn't been so hard-headed, Luther would be a saint in the Catholic church because what he spoke was the truth but then he went a little bit afield
1: well you well, or yeah <laughs> toward, the,
2: toward the light
1: <laughs> no you know yeah i think for, for all of us in this modern age to understand what it means to be community is a value we've really lost. What does it mean to be in this together? And one of the good things that came out of our synod, even though it was very painful for those who were there the past week, is the agreement, and I don't know all of it, and it may not actually all be fully in place, but that our mission work around the world would con- continue together. Right. And that's so important. And we're thinking, of course, as we're taping on Monday, we're thinking about the missionaries in Haiti, who have been kidnapped and praying, of course, for their safety. Uh, And realizing that all over the world, people who are really trying to do God's work in faithful ways, building hospitals and orphanages and schools uh, are at risk. And we need to do that work together, no matter who we are.
2: All right. Well, we're going to read from the best gospel, the gospel of Mark, (laughs) chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. Diane, (laughs) if you would do us the pleasure. Of course.
1: They came to Jericho As he and his disciples in a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, my teacher, let me see again jesus said to him go your faith has made you well immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way
2: thank you so anybody have any insights as to the story of bartimaeus
0: well one thing that kind of jumps out at me is that it's a story about seeing in spite of being blind okay round two name something that's not boring it's a story about Bartimaeus knowing who Jesus was, even though he couldn't see. And I, I'm always attracted to some word studies. And in the phrase that describes Bartimaeus sitting by the roadside, the uh, the original Greek is mean is actually the way He's sitting by the way of Jesus, and he followed him on the way. and And Jesus also asks him just what he asked James and John in last week's Gospel, What do you want me to do for you? So it's, it's I'm impressed that in Scripture, Jesus never tells people what they need or want. He always and only asks them. He invites them to name their truth, to name their need, to name their issue. And, and this was a man who rightly called Jesus son of David and was willing to follow him. Yeah. Diane, any thoughts? I
1: think, you know, the... What comes to me is actually a question for you, Mark. And the question is, when you were a long hauler, what was your prayer? I know what my prayer for you was. My prayer was very specific. Bring healing, restore his his heart, his taste, his energy. You know, I could be very specific from a distance. But when you are in that space for a year and a half, what was your
2: prayer? My prayer was to just have acceptance um, that I could accept because the word from the doctors was this will probably never change. Um, And this is probably something that you're going to live with the rest of your life. And Mm -hmm. so I needed to accept that. And so I really didn't pray for a return of taste or get rid of those um, chest pains. Um, I was really praying that I could just accept this as a new disability, and mm-hmm. uh, what was I going to do? And how do I change my life? And how do I um, adjust more? More adjust my life because uh, it was going to be a lot of adjustments, and it was a lot of adjustments. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that it seems to have disappeared. I'm having to adjust in a different way because for the last two and a half weeks, I haven't been eating properly. Uh, I said, I w- I went on vacation because I wanted to celebrate and I drank too much beer and I ate too much bread and had too much rich food. And I developed gout now, which is nothing compared to what I had. Um, but. I have to readjust back to a different life because, you know, I didn't have bread in my house because I didn't, couldn't taste it. Um, I wasn't drinking because I was on a medication that said you shouldn't drink alcohol. Um, and I, I, I need to get back to, I got to make adjustments back to the way I was,
0: um,
1: Which is an interesting part of the story, and we don't really know the answer for the blind Bartimaeus. But in the back of my mind, Mark, I would wonder if you're also there is a lurking will it return? So you're living, you're living fully into what is, but you're cognizant that what might return is there. And so for somebody like Bartimaeus, uh, how do you? How does one respond to the healing? Does one worry or oh, linger? Yeah. Those things. Will I be blind again? Is this smoke well? I, I,
2: I know that one of the reasons I'm going to go to my homily group on Wednesday is because I want to learn a little bit more about the Greek words in this gospel because your translation is different than the Catholic translation. We're in, a sense, in the sense that you, your verbiage implies that Bartimaeus once had his sight and he was going to regain it, and our verbiage doesn't apply that way. Our verbiage says he was blind, but it doesn't say that he could see before, mm. and um, so I'm that's going to be a real interesting thing to learn about uh, in my homily by asking those who know Greek to say you know what is it what is the proper thing because it is a difference of approach afterwards if one has never seen um, to be able to gain their vision it must be magnificent in its own way what is
1: what because you've never seen it like
2: right what is it right and now, or the other ways to say, it was something I lost, then now I have regained.
1: So um, ours says regained. What is the word yours
2: says? Ours does not use at all any of you use it many, many times. Um, yours really, really speaks that Bartimaeus wasn't one time able to see. Right. Yeah, just and a blind ours, Ours says he's a blind beggar. But
1: we say that at
2: the front end. He's yeah, but you don't, you, you're, but as you go through it, it talks about regaining his sight. Right. And ours does not. So what is your final line? What is the, the final line you, says, immediately he received his sight and followed received. him on the way.
1: Interesting.
2: That was and, it said, and the line before that, the blind man replied to Jesus, Master, I want to see. And yours says,
1: Let me see again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. What what this reminds me of, the the thread we're talking about, about whether you had it once and didn't have it now or never had it, it reminds me of the people who are, we call them colorblind, but they're really color deficient. And there are new glasses called enchromaglasses glasses that adjust the frequency of the wavelength of the light so that people who could never see purple, for example, or couldn't tell the difference between red and brown, can now see the way their family sees. And YouTube is full of videos of people weeping because they realize that they can now see the way everybody else sees. They're they're brought brought back up to the same level as everybody they know and love. It's very powerful.
2: And I think we need to talk, we can talk about that in so many ways, especially with our faith, is that the important thing is that we need to be able to see, whether we're going to see like we used to see, or we're going to see for the first time, but we need to see, and I had a discussion in my adult ed last Sunday, starting this discussion, and they want to continue it this this Sunday, Um, so be good with this reading, because so many people Choose to remain blind. I mean, if we look at how many people aren't getting their vaccinations um, because they're saying there's something bad or dishonest about it or nefarious about it, and um, they want to just stay blind. And you know, we need. Why is that? Why do they? Or why do they trust in inverdectin, the horse pill? but they don't, they don't trust an approved vaccination. Um, I don't know. People just, yeah. there's so many ways we're blind. I mean, not, not just with regards to the virus, but with regards to poverty, with regards to sexism, with regards to racism, with regards to classism, all the isms, we remain blind to so much of that. And um, we need to have our eyes open. And it's not always going to be a fun thing.
0: You know, one of of the words that we use, maybe without fully understanding the meaning is the word ignorant or ignorance. And we tend to think that's demeaning and it means that somebody is stupid. But being ignorant is ignoring new information, because if you accept the new information, you have to change and people don't want to change. Right,
2: and so it's a it's a very um, it's a very good concept for us to address in church this weekend. that's saying, do we want to remain blind or do we want to see? Whether we, whether it's seeing again or seeing for the first time, would we want to be like Bartimaeus and say, "Let me see," but we also need to say, "Why do I want to see?" I had an aunt, my mom's sister, who was deaf from the age of about fourteen. And when they came out with cochlear implants, you know, the doctors asked her, Do you want to get one? Because yours is from nerve damage and can probably get back some hearing. She says, No, I've learned to live my life this way. I'm, I'm happy being deaf. And she didn't want to, she did not want to get a cochlear implant. And um, some people want to stay the way they are, don't want to have to change. Um, it's a whole new world. And uh, it's very difficult. I mean, we're going to have that. We're, you had a synod, Diane. We're talking about a synod that's taking place in the Catholic Church for two years. Uh, it's a, a listening synod, um, listening to everybody. And we want to listen to the people in the church. But we want to listen to the people that don't mm-hmm. go to church. We want to listen to the leaders and we want to listen to the followers. We want to listen to the intellectuals and those whose faith is grounded in their hearts, not their heads. Um, it's a, and, but it's a very scary process of uh, to open our eyes to what's going to be happening.
1: It is. Yeah. Because it, the, the world continues to evolve. The, the world continues to change the issues that were, relevant in the 1950s are not the same issues. Uh, thinking about the environment when I was a little girl growing up nobody nobody was paying attention to well that's overstatement I you know in school we were not learning about care for the environment it wasn't it just wasn't on the radar for, for most. We were more worried about Russia and and the issues around uh, the nuclear missiles and all of that. And to not be aware of new things that come into our view is to be blind uh, to all of that.
0: And, and one thing that that reminds me of, Diane, is in Jewish Sunday school, we sang a song about how Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. <gasps> we know
1: Boston. that.
0: Joshua and the man Lord, Jericho, right? Jericho, Jericho. And in seminary, a Jewish scripture professor said that Jericho was already rubble 800 years before Joshua was born. So we sing these songs that perpetuate untruths, and, and we can learn that the, the value was still there, but the, the, it may be true in one way, but not in another way. Correct.
2: And things do change and we don't even notice it. The example that I gave to my congregation was my nephews who played rocket football. I went and talked to them. Um, they're in their mid thirties. Now I said, what was it like playing rocket football when you were a kid? And they said, they told us to hit hard, hit with our heads. And Mm -hmm. if we saw stars to shake it off and be a man and get back in there. And I says, what's it like now coaching your sons in football? And they say, well, we have to go to coaching school, and they can't hit with their heads. They can't get hard. And if they see stars, they're out for that game and maybe the next game, too, until they get a doctor's approval. Things change. Right. And we need to look at things in a new way. So, Well, thank you for listening to Soundings, a public affairs presentation of iHeartMedia. For Diane, Mike, and myself, have a wonderful, wonderful week.